You're listening to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast. For more information, check out our website at www.shorelinecc.com. Amen. Let's hear it for Ralphie. (laughs) Now, how many of you, you can relate to that, right? You get up Christmas morning and you're excited and you run to the tree with great anticipation to open something, knowing that it's got to have what you asked for, but inside you find the equivalent of a bunny suit. How many of you have been there? Can you relate to that? I've had a lot of bunny suits in my life, figuratively speaking, but going through. And as you look at it, one of the big things in this is that if you follow the story, you know that this was given to him by Aunt Clara. And Aunt Clara, she obviously went to a lot of work for this bunny suit. Have you ever tried to make a bunny suit? It's a lot of work. I've never tried to make one, but I can only imagine it takes a lot of work. How many kids here today, you're asking for a bunny suit this year? Okay, parents, take note. All the Aunt Claire's in the room, look around. Ralphie didn't want a bunny suit, just like a lot of kids didn't want it. When you look at the story of Christmas story, what did Ralphie dream about? He had dreams of adventure. He was always out with his friends doing things. Is a bunny suit going to help him with all these adventures? No, a bunny suit's not going to help him. Because, see, when it comes to gift giving, it is so important to know who you're giving the gift to, isn't it? You need to know the person that you're giving the gift to because Aunt Clara, she went to a lot of work. She probably went to a lot of expense. It has to be difficult to buy that much pink fabric in the world. (laughs) But she invested in the wrong place because she didn't know Ralphie. See, that's the power of gift giving. When you get a gift that really connects with you, it's something special, isn't it? When someone gives you something that connects with you, you know that they know you. They've been paying attention. And see, fortunately, I grew up, I had an incredible mom. My mom didn't give me a bunny suit. She knew me, and she gave to me one Christmas to affirm her love for me. She gave me something that every kid back in the early 80s wanted. What did every kid in the early 80s want? An Atari 2600 system with a Donkey Kong already in the clutch waiting to be played with, okay? So for all of you kids that love Fortnite, this blows away Fortnite, okay? An Atari 2600. I couldn't wait to to get this. My hopes and my dreams in getting this as a kid, I'm not saying it was right, But this is what every kid talked about. We talked about it in school. And this was before Amazon, so you had to put a lot of work to get something going on, okay? So for me going up, when I thought that maybe I can get this 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 year, because I was righteous, I went down a path of manipulation with my mom. (laughs) Right? I started saying things like, Mom, hey, Mom, have you heard of this game called Donkey Kong? It's amazing. Hey, Mom, do you know that it's in the Sears catalog? How many of you grew up with the Sears catalog and you circled all the stuff for it, right? The great days of Christmas giving. You went through and you circled it. I went, hey, Mom, do you know it's on sale at Woolworths? Do you know what a Woolworths is, right? Okay. This is Eastern Canada. We were way out there. You had to plan way in advance to get this kind of, kind of high-quality gaming, okay? So, hey, Mom, you know what? It's on sale this week. And because I was a little mischievous, I knew when my mom got paid. I knew that she got paid the 1st and the 15th of every month. I I was not on Santa's good list, okay? And so I gave her this thing. Hey, Woolworths has a sale. Wouldn't it be sad to, like, miss an opportunity like this? I'm not saying you're getting it. So I was probably, like, 10 maybe at the time. I'm trying to think how old I was. 
So I put all the effort into it, and I knew that my mom was going to get this game for me. And so everything was going great until I went to school that day and I started bragging to my friends. I'm like, I got Christmas locked up. It's sealed in. I'm getting Donkey Kong, baby. It's going to be a great Christmas. My best friend Daryl said, you know what? Maybe she bought it today. What if we went home and found it, got it out and played with it, and then put it away before she got home. I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea. How do you think it's a great idea to go find your gifts, okay? So I go, I find this gift. I knew where all the hiding spots were in the place. I was the last of eight kids, and all the other seven kids told me all the secrets, so I knew where to go, and I knew how to get it. I go, I get it, we get it out. Daryl and I get in. We figure out how to plug it in, which is more complicated back then than now. The kids were a little smarter back then. So you had to get it all set up and put it in, and we're sitting down, and we're playing Donkey Kong, and the glory of the Lord was in that place. And we were going for it. Everything was going great until mom showed up. <laughs> Have you ever got so enthralled in something that you just lose track of time? And you're, once you get it, you, the rest of the plan just evaporates because you're having so much fun. That was me and Daryl. And I looked up and I saw her face and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm looking at her. I'm expecting for her to say, that's it, pack it up. It's going back to Woolworths. But she said, all right, because... I wasn't her first rodeo. She knew what was going on. She said, you know what? You've got your gift. Take it. We're done. And one thing that little 10-year-old Dwayne knew was guilt. I had guilt cornered. How many of you, you've got guilt cornered in your life, okay? We're praying about that. Immediately, not because she was trying to, but immediately I went, this is bad. Because, see, Christmas is all about the anticipation Christmas is all, was, to me at the time, was all about that excitement, what's going to be there. And now I had nothing to look forward to, and I still had a month to go. Right? <laughs> I had a long time to go yet. But I had a little bit of hope in me, because the Lord always gives you hope. So I went back and started recrafting my plan. I'm like, you know what, though? It would be fun to look forward to. Maybe I could get Space Invaders as well. So I began this plan, even though I'd already committed this big sin in my life, I thought, you know what, maybe if she's forgiven me, maybe I can get Space Invaders. So I started going, hey, Mom, you know what? I know I've already ruined it, but man, if I had Space Invaders for Christmas morning, that would just be awesome, and we could invite people in, and we could love our neighbor through this, and we could do all kinds of stuff through this, right? So very noncommittal, I wasn't her first, very noncommittal walking through and then all of a sudden, under the tree, I see the Space Invader game cartridge. See, today you download stuff and you do Xbox credits. Back then, you had to get it, and it was the exact size of a Space Invaders. So my hope built up. I started getting excited. I'm getting there. I'm going, Christmas is back on. We're gonna, it's going to be a great morning. And we go through the whole morning. All the other kids, they open up all their gifts because Dwayne already has his gift. And it comes down to, I said, hey, Mom, there's a little box in the back. She's like, oh, there is, isn't there? I said, is that for me? I knew it was for me. We go back. She pulls it. I said, yeah, Dwayne, this is you. I think you really need this. <laughs> Clue number one. <laughs> so I open it up. I'd already told my buddies I'm getting Space Invaders, so you better get over here later. And I open it up. Know what it was? It was a Bible. It was a Bible. Now, see, Pastor Dwayne would be like, I got a Bible for Christmas. That's exciting. Ten-year-old Dwayne was like, all I got was a dumb, stupid Bible. This is not Space Invaders. And the whole day, I was mourning the fact that I got a Bible. 
I totally forgot the fact that I already had the Atari 2600 with Donkey Kong on the clutch, but it lost the appeal. It lost the appeal of it. But see, my mom, she had something going on. She gave me the Atari, but she also knew that I needed something deeper going in my life. There was something going on. She knew the manipulation of my life. She knew there was things going on. And she gave me something because she loved me that would extend beyond the Donkey Kong. Okay? I wish I still had my Atari 2600, but I don't have it anymore. It's at some goodwill back in Newfoundland, I'm sure, somewhere. But she gave me something that would sustain me. So I'd like for you to take your Bible today. It's not a dumb Bible. It's a good Bible. But get your, if you get your Bible out and turn to the book of John, chapter 3, and you may not even need your Bible for this because even if, even if you watch sports, you know this verse today. Today we're going to be looking at John three sixteen. You even know it already, don't you? All right, kids, you know this verse? John three sixteen. You're probably going to see it tonight when the Seahawks win, okay? Here we go. Let's read this together. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So Lord, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for showing and revealing your love to us. So as we spend these few moments gathered together today, Lord, I pray that you would speak through me to communicate how much you love us. How much you love us, those of us who are gathered here today, those of us that are spread throughout this wonderful city and throughout this world, may we be reconnected to the love of God this Christmas season. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Amen. So very quickly this morning, we're going to be looking at just three little aspects as it relates to love. Three things. We could do a, a whole series on love. We could spend the whole year talking about love because the Bible says that God is love. But three things today to focus on is the first thing is love knows. Everyone say love knows. Love knows. And the second thing we're going to talk about is love provides. Say love provides. Love provides. But unfortunately, love is often missed. We often miss love, don't we? We often miss it. So we're going to start by talking about how love knows. See, true love, it knows. Because God knows us. This whole verse starts off by, this is how God showed his love to the world. See, knowledge of one another is what connects us. Have you ever had that connection with somebody and you're like, this person knows me? Maybe it's your mom or your dad or an aunt or an uncle or a friend or whoever it may be, this person knows me. See, as we talk about the real love of God, Love, it knows us. And when someone shows interest in you, who you are, what you like, your passions, where you come from, all those things come up because they want to know about you. They want you to tell them what's going on in their life. But see, in order to know about somebody, it takes effort, it takes time. It takes a little bit of time, love. You don't know that song? Okay. It takes a little bit of time and love and go check that song out. It takes that time and love to get into it. See, this is why the greatest gift givers, they tend to be people who love you and know you. They know what's going on in your life. And as it relates to God, God has shown us his love so many times. But I love what it says in Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is a psalm that I've read over all of my kids from the earliest days because it starts off by saying, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. 
you know me. And if you know that psalm, it talks about how God was there before we were born, how God, he fashioned us, he knit us together. God knows us because he made us and he's poured into us. See, this is who God is. He's Emmanuel, God with us. So not only was he there before we were born, but he's now Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Christmas focuses on, the fact that he is now with us. And the Bible even tells us that God is not just there before we were born, and God is not just here now, but God has also gone before us in the future. He has gone before you in the future, knowing that you're going to hit hard times, and he's gone ahead of you to get things ready to lay things out. Now think about it. If you, loving somebody, knew that somebody was walking a path and they're going to hit hard times, wouldn't you love to be able to go before them and lay out everything that they need, right? Everything that they need. I want you to know today that as you face hard times this season as well as the season coming up, you need to look for the provision of God along the way. Because our God loves us. He knows us. He knows what's happening right now, but he knows what's happening in the future. And he's already gone before you, so start laying things out. Because God loves you. Because God knows you. Because he's there. And this verse says that loving the world was the result of God knowing us, knowing the world. He saw us and he loved us. See, you've heard it say that love is blind. That's a fake love. True love, the eyes are open, they look at you, the hands are extended, they're ready to love you and to receive you. True love knows and it sees the good, the bad, and the ugly. How many of you got good, bad, and ugly in your life? Okay? Don't point to me. God sees all these things. He knows these things. But the love of God, the true love, it enables him to see past the difficult things, the times that we reject him. He sees past those things in our life to look to the potential that's in our life, the way that he designed us, the way that he made us, because that's what love does. Every good parent does this, don't you, right? Every good aunt does this. Every good babysitter should do this. When a kid messes up and they do something wrong, like I've given you many examples of, when they do that wrong, Does the good parent step in and say, that's it, I've had it with you, get out of the house. My mom could have done that many times. But what does a good parent do? They say, no, I see you for the potential. I see you for how you were made to be, not how you are today. Aren't you thankful for that? That someone looks beyond the faults, looks beyond the challenges, looks beyond those little mistakes, and says, no, I see the potential in that. As a matter of fact, when a parent looks at a child and rejects them because they make a mistake, we call that dysfunctional, don't we? It's dysfunctional love. God's love, true love, looks at us, the mistakes, the errors that we make, he sees where we're called to be, and he says, I still love you, and I'm going to lead you to how I made you to be if you'll follow me. This is what love does. Because, see, because love knows us, love is not content just to sit back and look. But love has moved into action, and love moves to that next part of love. Love knows us, but love also then provides for us. Everyone say provides. Provides. How many of you have seen so many times the Lord provide for you in so many ways? Ways you can see, ways you can understand, ways that are just beyond what you can understand. Because see, true love, it will always move into action. Because when you love somebody, you can't rest until you know they're provided for Have you ever loved somebody and you saw them in need and you begin to say, Lord, show me how I can help them. Show me how I can move to action. Show me how I can do this because I know what's going on and I want to be moved to action. What can I do? 
What can I do in this? That desire is a result of the love. It's that deepest love. And as followers of Jesus Christ, who are we called to love? Everybody. We're called to love everybody, which is an amazing thing. You may feel powerless. You may not feel like you have the answers, but we are called to love everybody and to say, God, what would I do? What can I do? How would you have me move to action? I know this and I see this. You reveal it to me. Now, how can I move in this? Because that's what love does. And God's love, that true love, it runs deep into us. We can't shake it. When God's love is in us, it burls down. It anchors us. It enables us to do what God would have us to do. See, real love, it looks past the surface and it looks to the deeper need, like my mom did. I thought the greatest need of my life was space invaders. Is that the biggest need in my life? No. I thought somebody said yes. Mom knew what my deepest need was. This is what the real love of God does. See, love that only stays at the surface, love that only deals with what's happening right now, we call that a counterfeit love. It looks like love. It seems like love. But it only deals with the surface And we need to be aware of counterfeits because it may look like the right thing. It may look like it provides some of the things. But is counterfeit money any good? No, it's worthless. (laughs) And not only that, when you try to use it, you can even get into trouble. And if you give it to somebody and they use it, they can get in trouble for using it because it has no value to it. See, counterfeit love, it focuses on the surface. How am I feeling right now and how can I fix this right now? I don't care about tomorrow. I just want things to happen right now. Do whatever it takes right now. But see, the real love of God, it sees the present and says, yeah, I see you're going through a hard time, but it looks to the future. It looks to the longer term solution when we're going through a difficult time or when these things come up in our life. The real love of God is always looking for a long-lasting care. See, counterfeit love, it's very self-focused. It's all about me. It's all about me. How do I feel? What am I doing? And that's it. So as long as you do what I want, as long as you do what makes me feel good, as long as you do the things that I ask, then that's love to me. That's a counterfeit. See, the real love of God is actually others-focused. How many of you have discovered so much love by loving others? It's how God made it to be. It focuses on others. Counterfeit love is actually weakened by difficulties. When you have a counterfeit love in your life and a hard time comes along, counterfeit love is always weakened by it. That's why it goes away. There's no worth, there's no value. But when you have the real love of God in your life, it's actually strengthened by hard times. Have you experienced that? Where you're going through a hard time, but you lean into the love of God, you allow your life to be filled with the love of God, and you're actually now stronger. How many of you have stronger relationships because you, 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 you stayed in them and you've leaned into the love of God and say, I need your healing in this relationship. I need you to help lead me through this. And now it's stronger. That's our story between Stephanie and I. Okay? I'm the guy that said, it's just a dumb Bible. Stephanie had some things to deal with. But as we leaned into it, as we allowed the Lord to move in our life, allowed God's love to come in, the true love of God, it's strengthened by hard times. It brings you together in hard times. Your roots go deeper in hard times. You experience healing in hard times, and you are strengthened to move forward and go where God's called you to be through difficulty, through trial. 
Things that Satan meant to destroy you, God takes and he pulls it all together for your good. This is the love of God. This is the love of God. Because see, as it relates to gift giving, the gift always reveals the giver. The gift will always reveal who the, the intent of the giver in this. And God has given us real love. See, counterfeit love looks like a bunny suit. Right? There's no intent, there's no knowledge, there's nothing there. There may be some effort involved, but there's no connection to the real need going on. I apologize to all the bunny suit makers in the room today, okay? But there's, did this bunny suit connect to Ralphie? No. All this did to Ralphie was provide a good laugh. Did you see how much joy it brought to his younger brother? How many of you had a younger brother laugh at you a lot? And you're just like, doing like Ralphie's just, he's like, shut up, shut up. This is kind of, all it did was bring a laugh. There's no provision. And guess what would have happened if Ralphie walked through the neighborhood wearing this bunny suit to his buds? Would have been a pretty good laugh, right? See, we all know that this is not the way to get a good laugh. Do you know where the greatest laughs are in our life? Dad jokes. Who's ready for good dad jokes? Kids, you want a good dad joke? There we go. All right. We just passed the halftime here, so here's dad jokes. Are you ready? What is green, white, and red all over? A sunburnt elf. I got to tell you, I was praying over these earlier, and I couldn't stop laughing. Here's another one. What do snowmen do on the weekends? Kids, kids, what do snowmen do on the weekends? They chill. <laughs> this is the kids section over here. <laughs> Actually, those are my kids. I've told them all these jokes probably. I don't know. Why are Christmas trees so bad at knitting? Because they're always dropping their needles. <laughs> All right. Who wants a baby shark joke? How do all the baby sharks get their presents on Christmas? From Santa Jaws. Santa Jaws. All right. Last one. Okay. What goes... (laughs) There we go. What goes... Oh, oh, oh. It's Santa backing up. Get it? There we go. There we go. <laughs> they were a lot funnier last night. I don't know what happened. So as, 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 funny as, as fun as these are, the whole thing comes back to restoration, doesn't it? God's love is about restoring us and bringing us back together. God's love is all about restoring the original intent of his design, to bring us into relationship with him. See, it reveals God's love. This is how we know God loved the world, because he sent his only son. It reveals God's knowledge of us. He knows us, and he provides and gives us the greatest thing that we need. And we even know from 1 Corinthians that God's love, true love, it never fails. It never fails. But unfortunately, this is the saddest part. Often we miss God's love. So many times, we miss God's love, don't we? We miss it. Because, see, love, it requires two important things. In order to experience the love of God, we need two things. First, we need the giver, right? Love needs a giver. And who's who's our giver? God's our giver. But it also requires a receiver. 
a giver and a receiver. Because love was meant to be experienced together. And see, God, he's done his part, and he continues to do his part. He continues to pour forth, but we need to receive. That's why John 3.16 says, for all who believe. See, believing is about receiving. In order for us to receive, it begins with believing. And by believing in God, by believing that Jesus came for us, that's not just a simple agreement. I think sometimes we fall in this trap of thinking that believing just means I nod my head, right? But we know as it relates to us, the people who believe in us in our life, they're not just the head nodders, right? They're not just the yes people in your life going, yep, I got it. What it means to believe in God, it means to fully trust in, to fully accept as true, to put all of your confidence in God. You believe it. You don't just agree with it, but you actually believe it. This is real. I'm putting all my confidence here. That's what it means when it says to believe. Because see, as we believe in Jesus, trusting in him, following him, putting our full confidence on him, we receive the love of God. And see, God's love is so important because our whole identity is found in in loving God. Jesus outlined this, didn't he? When they asked him, they said, Jesus, what is the most important thing? Have you ever asked somebody, man, what's the most important thing? Just tell me what to do. Well, when Jesus walked this earth, they asked him that. What is the most important thing? And they meant it as a way to stump him, to fool him, to trick him, to say there's just one thing. But Jesus said, yeah, there is one thing. Here's the most important thing. Here's what you need to do. Do you remember it? It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. That's everything. That's the one thing. You love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And then Jesus said, and the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. It's amazing what happens. Love only begins as we love God. Love only begins as we pour in and we give everything to him. Because as we give everything to him, then it it turns us to start showing that love to those around us, to our neighbor around us. See, sometimes we fall into the trap of loving ourselves. Have you ever heard that? Well, you just got to love yourself. You just got to love yourself. Have you ever had a hard time loving yourself? It might work for a little while. But I'm here to tell you, when I'm at my lowest, when I'm in my darkest corner, when I'm in the depths of depression, have you ever been to a dark spot in your life? A low spot in your life? What gets me out is not loving myself. Because I'm there because I focus too much on myself. I'm the person who got me in that hole. What gets me out is loving God. Because here's what God says to me. He says, you're worth it all. The worth that I have is found in God, pouring into me because he said, I made you. You are my masterpiece. And every time I think about that verse, I look around at all of you. Just look. If you want to see a masterpiece today, look look around. Look at the person next to you. This is a great opportunity for major Christmas points. Say, you are a masterpiece. (laughs) Just do that. Look to the person. Now, make sure you know them a little better. That could be a little creepy, okay? (laughs) But it's true. 
That's what gets you out. When I'm at that pit, focusing on myself makes it worse. I'm the problem. And God says, I made you. Your worth is found in God, not in yourself. And that will pick you up. That will enable you because God knows everything. God made everything. God can redeem me. God can heal me. And God can enable me. And he'll show me the amount of love I experience now as I start loving those next to me. See, loving yourself only comes third in that equation. You love God, you love others. And he says, love others as yourself. If you're struggling with yourself, the answer is not found in yourself. The answer is found in God and leaning into his love and allowing his words to speak into you, to redeem you, to restore you. This is the love of God that redeems us. See, when we try to act on our own intelligence, you'll do what I did as a kid. As a kid, one of our favorite activities was jumping ice pans, okay? Jumping ice, this was my childhood. I think maybe that's why mom gave me an Atari. She wanted me to stay inside more. I don't know. But when we were kids growing up on the East Coast, an island off the coast of Newfoundland, icebergs, polar bears in the northern part, beautiful area, for fun, we would find ice broken up and have contests of jumping from ice to ice to ice. Now think about it. Now, for me, there was nothing more exciting than jumping from ice pan to ice pan, and now kids in the room, don't do this. Not much of a chance is going to happen today in Seattle. But I would, we love doing this. But here's the problem. The problem from jumping from ice pan to ice pan is that when you jumped and you made it, you're like, I made it, you're a hero. But do you think I always made it? No way. There were so many times I fell through, so many times that I didn't make it. And not only that, I, so many times I would lead kids along the way. Hey, who wants to jump ice pans today? Let's go do it. But as much joy as I was having, there was a whole other crowd of people along the shore that had lost their peace. The moms, the dads, the uncles. I wouldn't even tell you what they said to me. In the middle of my fun, I totally missed it. I missed the danger. I thought I was experiencing fun and excitement. I thought I was experiencing love, but really, I wasn't experiencing the love of God here. I was experiencing the grace of God here. <laughs> this was God's grace helping me, keeping me this through. Along the shore, everyone else was scared. And this is so often what we think of God's love. We may be jumping from ice pan to ice pan. It's all broken, and we're like, and because we make it, we think it's okay. Well, I made it. But we haven't received God's love. We haven't turned to him and said, Lord, I need you. This is the love of God. This is the love of God in our life. This kind of activity is dangerous. It leads nowhere, but God's love is solid. When you stand on God's love, it is solid. It is not shifting. It is anchored. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> as much fun as this appeared to be, there's nothing like being on solid ice, solid ground, found it. You know where you're going. You know that it's not going to crack. You know that it's not going to fail. It's God's love. It's constant. In death and in life, I'm confident and I'm covered by the power of his great love. Because his love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out. Sing that together. His love never fails. It never gives up. 
It never runs out. Your love, your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. It's your love. So that's the love of God. It's his love, pure and simple, given to us. See, God created us, and we missed it. Then God spoke to us, and we missed it. So he sent his only son. He showed his love to us so that we wouldn't miss it. This is Christmas. If I could say one thing to you this Christmas, I would say this. Do not miss the love of God. Do not miss the love of God. But you have to receive it. You have to receive it. God's given it. But you you need to pick it up. Admit your need for him. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Lord, forgive my sin. I believe in you and I come to you today. Fill my life. I'm following you, Lord. I'm leaning in you. I'm leaning in you. Don't miss the love of God. In your program, there's a listening guide and it has a lot of questions for you to walk through in the process. But today, if you're here and you don't know the love of God, I pray that you would receive it today. But sometimes even after we follow God and we've surrendered our life to Christ, sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we're just like, I'm missing it. I'm missing it. I've forgotten about the love of Christ. And we need to be reminded of that. Allow the Lord to identify to you. If you feel like you're missing it today, say, God, why am I missing this? Speak to me, Lord, your servant is listening. And as we respond to the word of the Lord today, I'd like to invite you to just to step out in one of three ways or all three ways. If you want to give your life to Christ, I invite you to go and pray with one of our prayer team as they move to the sides even now. Just go and say, you know what? I want to receive that love. I don't want to miss it. And they can lead you and help support you down that path. One, these, these are wonderful people. <laughs> this would make Christmas. Or maybe you're going, I'm missing it. I'm following Jesus, but I just, there's stuff going on. I need someone to pray with me today and help me. The Bible tells us to cast all of our cares on him. Are we anxious for anything? What should we do? Pray. Allow the Lord to transform, to speak to you, to speak through you, to allow these wonderful people who have been praying for you to speak through you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. As the team leads this morning, I'd invite you, the families here today, what a great opportunity to go and have communion as a family. Bring your kids up. Bring your nieces up. Let's receive communion on this last Sunday before Christmas. And receive communion together as we receive what he's done. Or maybe you need to go to the prayer walls and just start writing things down. You're like, man, I, I want to I write it out today. Or turn to the person next to you. But can we all stand together today? Let's take some time to walk this out. To walk this out. So Lord, we respond now to your love. For those who don't know you, I pray they would step forward and know you today and find the love of God. For those of us that are along the way, we need some strengthening. Lord, I pray today we would receive that strengthening from you, from the body of Christ as we pray for each other. 
Remind us today. Don't let us miss it. Help us to strip aside every hindrance and every weight as we now take this time to respond to you. Amen. Let's take some time to respond to the word of the Lord today. Let's respond to him.